Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Lori Gerber. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. My pleasure. And just to kind of fill everybody in on Lori's background, Lori is, well, she's passionate about personal development. She's actually been coaching individuals and groups for over 15 years. And as head coach at Handle Group Life Coaching, Lori teaches people to tell the truth and pursue their dreams through live events, one-on-one coaching, and online coaching courses. She's also a writer. She's a radio guest. She's been frequent appearances on on TV, MTV, A&E, Dr. Phil's show, and the Today Show. Lori, do me a favor. Would you just take a minute and and give us a glimpse into how you got started doing the work you do today? Oh, sure. Yeah. I was running a business helping people get educational opportunities for their children, and I noticed that it was the parents that were really unhappy and upset, and I also was not fulfilled in my life. So I hired a life coach and that life coach's name was Lauren Handel Zander. And you may recognize that name Handel because Handel Group is the company I've been working with for the last 14 years. So I hired Lauren when I was unclear what I wanted to do for a living and unclear what I wanted to do at a lot of levels. And she helped me figure that out. And in the course of figuring out that I wanted to help people way more than I was helping them uh, by in the business that I was doing, I figured out that I wanted to teach this very method. This particular method, the handoff method of coaching was the one thing that finally got me clear on what I actually wanted in my life and got my mental head noise out of the way so that I could get it. And that was after many, many years of yoga, therapy, courses, books, gurus, ashrams, etc. So, so I was very grateful to finally find a coaching method and a you know, a group of people who were speaking a language that finally got through to me. So it did not take me that long to figure out I wanted to do it too. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. So, I mean, what's what I love about that, Lori, is obviously that was a totally unexpected partnership. Mm. Right? You went there for assistance and ended up being actually your next step. Exactly. So I'm curious because obviously – that's the main focus of our show is partnership. For you personally, what, what do you find is your guiding principle or, or your, your touchstone when it comes to partnership? Like when you get off in the weeds and you realize you're not really doing very good with your partnership, right. what brings you right. back home? Right. Well, that's easy for me to answer because it's also the name of our book. And our group's book is called Maybe It's You. But our, <laughs> our joke is the maybe. <laughs> So the guiding principle of the Handel method and of what I have found works so well in my partnerships is maybe it's me. Maybe it's something I'm doing, thinking, believing, or not doing that has everything to do with why the thing isn't working. And that has never failed me. It's not that I'm the only person, obviously, in any partnership, but I am the person that I can control. 
and I am the person that I can make the most impact with the, more, the most quickly. And so that, that guiding principle of maybe it's me has saved me umpteen times. Yeah, that's a great one. And, you know, it's obviously pretty simple and pretty obvious in some ways. And yet we miss it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's someone else's fault, you know, all the time. My, yeah. my gut reaction is maybe it's not me. But, but you know, if I actually want results, I got to turn it around. And that that's kind of, that was the epiphany of, of meeting this method was for years I was trying to fix, you know, other people and other things. And I wasn't looking at my own belief systems, thought processes, habits, you know, and attitudes. So I wasn't actually, I was putting a lot of time, effort and worry into self-improvement, but I wasn't actually getting the results. Yeah. And you know, what's so powerful about what you just said is the fact that, you know, oftentimes we do, we put all this time and energy and, and money and resources into all kinds of personal development and we we adopt it intellectually. Right. But we exactly. don't embody it. Exactly. You got it. Yep. I could talk such a good game. I could rattle off all kinds of things. I could I knew how to meditate and do yoga, but I wasn't doing it. <laughs> you know, I I read all the parenting books, but I wasn't doing them. I knew how to eat healthy, but I wasn't doing it. You know, I had an idea of what I wanted for a relationship, but I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. And nobody had ever, to me, the amazing thing about the hand-on method is this combination of the heart, the head, and the body. Because mm -hmm. in a lot of the self-help, you can get inspired, but you don't necessarily get held to account. Or you can get held to account, but it's not necessarily connected to your heart or your inspiration. And then, to, so to find someone who would inspire me and get me connected to my own inspiration and be able to argue with my head and my thinking and be able to follow me home and make sure I did something about it. That was like the, that was the only solution for me because if it was only two out of the three, I would always slip out the back. Yes. Yeah, we do tend to find the back door when we have that option. <laughs> Humans, and actually, interestingly, I know you you know you want to you want to talk about my uh, you know my mistakes and what I've learned and everything, and that's you know I can really relay all of those stages of learning, you know, that the stage of learning what my heart wanted, what my head was doing and what my body was doing. I can, I can lay that all out if you like. Awesome. Well, let's do that. Yeah. Why don't you do this? Would you share with our listeners like a time in your life where, you know, you kind of tripped up in a partnership and just do like that. Tell us what was going on. What'd you trip on? What'd you realize? And, and how has that helped you move forward? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for letting me talk about it. Because I have to say, I love talking about it. Um, because every time I talk about it, it reinforces my learning and mm. ensures that I will not do that again. And Great. so thank you. Thank you You're for welcome. letting me talk about it. Um, and hopefully it helps other people. I do find when I talk about it, people often relate either directly to what I'm saying or to some version of it. So may that may that be the case here. So I want to talk about my near divorce experience. I call it my near divorce experience. I was about 10 years in, five years of marriage in, two small children in, one New York City apartment in, two entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial careers in. And I found myself, again, in this coaching relationship where the coach asked me what my dream was or what I was inspired by or what, you know, like if I could have anything in my relationship with my husband, what would it be? 
And I had no answer. <laughs> I was like, uh, we could get along. We could, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. He would talk to me. You know, like there was, there was like no dream in sight. Um, and the more she probed, the more she got me to realize that I actually cared about intimacy, that I cared about communication, that I cared about feeling connected, but I had essentially given up on it. And what had happened is we had devolved into, as I think many young parents devolve into as business partners at best and sometimes warring business partners who couldn't negotiate collaborating around raising children, exhausted, unhappy, blaming each other, more distance between us, no quote unquote time for each other. Um, and just, you know, survival. And I actually really took for granted that that was as good as it got and it would still last. Right. I wasn't even waving a a flag, but the more stress that came into our life, we bought a house, you know, there was some financial stress, there was some changes, the more angry, edgy, resentful, selfish I became, and the more angry he got at me. And so finally, it actually took, unfortunately, him starting to flirt with my assistant for me to wake up and pay attention and go, oh, wait a second, this isn't only uninspiring, this is also dangerous, like I could actually lose this. Um, and unfortunately, again, that you know, that I, I didn't get it until I had that type of consequence. But luckily I did, right? Luckily I saw that. I only saw, I only whiffed a little whiff of it before I was like, ah, something is, there is trouble, trouble in River City. Something is not okay here and I can't afford to just let it go, you know, to just let it go. So I did work with this same coach that I'd hired to help me with my business and help me figure out what I wanted to do with my life and all that. Um, I immediately switched the focus to that and she had me create this dream statement of what it was that I wanted and then the second question she asked me was, and why do you think you don't have that intimacy and connection? And again, I was stumped. <laughs> like, uh, my husband's a jock. He's like a guy's guy. He doesn't like talking about his feelings. You know, so I had all these great answers of maybe it was him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all these great answers about how it was him that might be part of the problem. Uh, but I really had no good answer. And her response was kind of like, uh, Lori, uh, that is not a very good answer. <laughs> That is not really passing my little lie detector test. So why don't you find out what the real answer is? And it took me a long time to discover that the best way for me to figure out the real answer was to ask him, which is a little (gasps) interesting, interesting foreshadowing, right? But I didn't figure (laughs) that out. I know it seems obvious to a lot of people, but not me. I was in my own little world. So we designed this conversation together where I was going to read him this dream and really try to elicit what, you know, what he thought. And so I, re- I just still remember this it was a long time ago, but I still remember like the heart palpitations sitting down. He was very nice. He was like, yes, I'll have this conversation with you. And I said, okay, I just want to share this dream with you. And he listened. He was very polite. And then I said, uh, you know, I talked about intimacy and connection and long walks on the beach. And then I said, um, I really would like to know why you think we don't have this. And the first response he said to me was, honey, we're fine. Don't worry about it. You know. And there was a part of me, of course, that was like relieved, right? Thank, oh, phew, I don't, and then I remembered, you know, Lauren was going to ask me how it went and realized I could not come back with that answer. I needed <laughs> to do a little better than that. Um, so I said, you know, I said, I'm, I'm not going to be mad. You know, I really, it just really, it would mean a lot to me if you would tell me. I promise whatever it is, it's okay. I can hear, you know, like I really tried to make it very, very safe. And he goes, okay, you sure? <laughs> then, I, then my heart palpitations increased. So yes, I'm sure, honey, please. Um, and I'm like taking notes now, right? Because I'm like, I, I need to report back. And he goes, okay, well, here's the thing with you, Lori. 
I know that your style of talking is, you know, acceptable amongst your friends. Um, and you don't mean, you know, to do this, but what I find is that I only ever get one or two sentences into whatever I'm saying before you interrupt me. And you don't even interrupt me on the topic of what I'm talking about. You usually interrupt me with some question or anxiety or you take the conversation into a totally different direction. It's not even about what I'm talking about. It's like a physical assault. And I stopped trying to talk to you years ago. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, oh, that is not what I wrote in my homework assignment for coaching. (laughs) That is, I had a duh moment, if if you will. I'm going like, oh, you know, and then, and then my whole life flashed before my fit. Like really, that was such a reckoning moment. And again, thank God for coaching, because if I had just been in my normal life, I would have defended myself. I would have argued. I would have fought. I would have, but I just took a pause and I thought, oh yeah, that, that's, that's a fair accusation. And, and then I had the realization, you know, I probably did this to other people in my life too. And then I had the realization I said in front of all of our loved ones, friends and family that I would love, honor and cherish this person. And I have never listened to a whole story. Like, I, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what comes at the end of his stories. And that was very harrowing. That was a very serious turning point. And then, again, luckily, in that moment, I did not defend myself. I had the, you know, the presence of mind and heart to say, I am so sorry. You are right. I am wrong. I'm a jerk. And I hope you'll forgive me. And I will stop interrupting you. And that was the first day of the rest of our life. Because guess what happened? What? Any, any, any guesses? <laughs> I, I, you know, I like to talk on and on and on, but you're welcome. You're welcome to, you're welcome to interject anytime. Um, what happened is that I started. Well, first of all, what happened was you could see his whole life change before his very eyes, right? Because mm-hmm. he was expecting a fight, and the minute that I didn't resist what he was telling me, and I accepted it, and I took it in, and actually showed him love you could see his, his whole world kind of rearranging also, like all of his excuses for why we didn't have a good relationship also kind of died in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started to make a practice. I actually made him a promise with a consequence. That's another handle method where I said, if I interrupt you, I'm gonna owe you a chore. Like I'm going to do something for you if I interrupt, because it's appropriate that you should be recompensed if I mess up and I'm selfish in that moment. Um, and so as I started listening, he started talking, probably not that surprising. Um, but little did I know he has much more to say than I had ever heard. Um, and the more he talked, the more I wanted to listen because it was interesting. And he, you know, he was raised by a minister. So he puts the good part of the story at the end, like a sermon. (laughs) He like, he really has, he has a very different way of talking than I do, but, um, but it's worth it. It's worth it if you wait until the end of the point, because not only do you then feel close and intimate with the person, but you learn what he has to say and how he thought about it. And you, you get to connect in that way. So the more he talked, the more I wanted to listen, the more I wanted to listen, the more he talked. And then lo and behold, we ended up having that very, very relationship that I had said I was dreaming of and that I wanted, that I wanted, which I never thought was going to be something that I could fix or change. And it turned out it was all me that could fix or change it. Awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks. There's so much there, Lori. <laughs> 
it was a it's a good it's a good example it's a great example and you you know the biggest thing that that stood out to me was that you recognize that there was a consequence if you didn't do something right and you know when we deny that or act like that doesn't exist well guess what then we're like oh it's not that big a deal right but that's when suddenly we find out how big a deal is when they serve us with papers or whatever happens next right yep and you're like what i thought this wasn't a big deal but you knew deep down it was right the whole time and what was so powerful to me as a man sitting here listening to what you shared there was when you said, you know, instead of defending yourself, you just said, yeah, you're right. I do talk like that. And prior to that, you made sure he was clear this was not an ambush. Mm, Correct. You made it really clear this is a safe space. This isn't a judgment. I really want to know. So that he could give you the real deal, not like dance around it or give you some sugar-coated stuff, but just lay it out there. And I had to get there, you understand, right? Like, I didn't wake up. That was what coaching did because I had to get to a a, a level of love and trust of myself so that I could hear that feedback, so that I could be loving, right? So I could actually act as a loving person, not just think I loved someone. But I needed to work on myself before I could do that. And every couple is in a dynamic. So you can be sure there were a lot of potential pitfalls in that because – we, you know, the negative dynamic was working for us too, right? The negative dynamic was balanced just as the positive dynamic is balanced. So mm-hmm. I was really upsetting the apple cart. And so, you know, I thank you for highlighting the ways in which I tried to ensure that it would work because now what, that I coach people, if you skip any of those, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> you actually have to do that. Yeah. And, and I mean, what we're really speaking to here is how your partnership with yourself is going to decide what kind of partnership you can have with another. Nicely put. Because we skip the part about ourselves. Right. We dismiss that. But that's, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're not good with yourself, you kind of don't have a whole lot to bring to the table. Yeah. And Relation, yeah, we call that relationship to self. It's the most important yeah. area of life because everything else flows from it. Yeah. And, I mean, you made a, a, a great comment about, you know, when, when you realized this and, and, and he said, oh, things are okay. And you're like, uh, that's not going to work. And you, I love the way you say you're like, I was kind of relieved thinking you were off the hook. <laughs> like, oh, okay, right. cool. Okay, we're good. Right. We can go on. But that would have been staying in that denial. Right. And you're like, no, this is not a satisfactory answer for anyone. And, yes, Part of your motivation was because you had to, you know, report back to someone. But deep down, it wasn't a satisfactory answer for you either. Absolutely. You knew I would have been, I would have been so disappointed if I had given up there. I would have been so disappointed. Totally. I, you know. The I opportunity was right there and you would have walked away. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like I said, so many pieces there. And I, that is, is a tremendous illustration of, you know, the place that we can stand as individuals to make a difference in our relationship. And, and what you basically did is honored your part in the partnership. Yeah. We like to always look at everybody else's part. But 
you know, a lot of people have never thought about what am I bringing to the table? And that's when we, yep. when we step up and we go, oh, yeah, yep. I'm focused on what they're doing or not doing instead of what am I doing? Yep. I can control this side a whole lot better than I can control their side. Totally. So it's, it's lower hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It doesn't seem it like it though, right? Nope. Nope. You got to deal with your own ego, but yep. it's worth it. Yeah, totally. So love that story. Let's do this. Let's switch gears a bit. Would you do a favor and, and share with us a story of, of a time that was like one of your proudest partnership moments? Mm. And, I mean, it could mm. be anything, romantic, family, career, you name it. But like, what's one of those times when you think back on it and you can't help but smile and you're just like, man, that was cool. I, honestly, I think it's the same story, right? Like I, that was the bravest I had ever been and the most um, comprehensive, you know, like you said, I wanted to chicken out in so many stages of that. <laughs> and I still go back. It really is still such a banner moment because, cause I did, I acted in integrity with myself, right? I acted in accordance with my highest ideals at every step of the way. And I had many chances to not, and it still, it still goes back as like the turning point in the relationship. Um, and there've been many subsequent times since then of lesser, you know, depth or intrigue right? about, you know, like our sex life or money or, you know, where similar type of approach was necessary, where mm -hmm. it was necessary to set the stage and make it safe and ask permission and write it down and have a vision and then say the truth, you know, tell the truth about something and then listen to the other side and then really hear the other side and then negotiate a solution or a promise and a consequence. You know, I can just think of so many. Like even, you know, a small, simple one was I used to argue with my husband about money, as I'm sure most couples do, because it's probably, you know, between money, sex and in-laws, that's mm -hmm. why people get divorced. Um, and I just remember, you know, again, like having to design this conversation, sit down in a loving mind frame and go, all right, what do you think we should be able to spend? What do you think we should be able to spend without each other's permission? What do you like, you know, just let's get this all out of the table. And then at the end of, I'll just cut to the end because I already told you a nice long story, but at the end of the, at the end of the discussion, finding out that we were so much more on the same page than we thought yes. that there were certain things that he wanted to do to keep us organized and clear and certain things I was happy to do to support that. And the division of labor was way easier than we thought now that we talked about it. And then we just made a rule. Nobody gets to spend more than 300 bucks without the other one's approval in advance. Everything gets written down and recorded into, you know, a computer program. We have a meeting once a month to review all the info. We hired a financial plan. I mean, just like seven things. But all of a sudden now our money life became something we're proud of, not something we're afraid of, hating, you know, avoiding, fighting over. It became the source of pride instead of the opposite. I could tell you, you know, same story about parenting, same story about sex. You know, like I could, I could do one for each area of life if you, if you like. Well, no, this is so great, Lori, because everything you're talking about and, you know, was that like, oh, it all just happened in 10 seconds. No, you yeah. had to work at it, <laughs> right? You had to sit down yeah. and really get clear and clear for each other and clear for yourselves and understand it. And all that speaks to is your level of commitment. Because, I mean, you know this as well as anyone, 
a lot of people talk a big game. This is so important to me. But then when it comes to those difficult times of owning their role in things and having those difficult questions, we go running. And that's not well, commitment. That's just like, oh, I'm interested in it being better, but if it's not, whatever. Well, I, I would I would argue a little bit about okay, that. Okay, great. Just, and, and we have an interesting way we look at that in the handout group of like, we don't think that's what we call a weather report. Like, Oh, your level of commitment is not there. I don't, I, I even think that's an excuse, right? Like I think that people are not committed, like, be, because actually they don't realize what they care about. They actually don't realize it for just the, the reason you said, which is that the consequences are not felt yeah. because the consequences happen slowly over time in an unrecognizable pattern we don't connect. I didn't ever connect the fact that my listening was driving us further and further apart. Like if you had, if you had paid me a million bucks to say, why is he flirting with my assistant? I would have never come up with, cause I don't listen. I, I just, it didn't made no connection yes. between the two, but that wasn't cause I wasn't committed. I just was not clued in. I did not have the, like, it was the exercise of having to write a dream of having to answer what's a 10 for you that woke me up to my own heart which is where commitment lives. Like yeah. I, I think actually everything someone's committed to is already there. It's not that nobody has a lack of commitment. They're just not present to it because they haven't been asked to think about it or feel about it, which I, I think is very helpful. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like there's like winners and losers out there or people who are committed or not committed. It's more that we are religiously not present to our desires and our dreams. You know, I, I, I love the way you describe that because it, you're right. It's, it's, it's the connection to the commitment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what, what is interesting is we try and rationalize a commitment. Pros and cons. Why should I be committed? What's the payoff? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it's not a rational thing. No. The heart is not rational. No. That's what the head is, that's what the head is for. Yeah. It's like that, that's irrelevant. Like there's lots of things we're committed to that make no sense to anyone ever. Right. But it doesn't matter. It's our commitment. Yes. And I think it would save the human race if everybody got way more interested in what they actually care about mm -hmm. versus what they think they should care about, what everybody else is telling them they should care about, what looks good on paper, what's going to make their parents happy. Mm -hmm. What's socially you know. acceptable to care about. Yeah. it's And the good news is what people care about is usually pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Laura, we've actually got to a part of the show I call Bring It All Home, and this is where we're going to actually step away from the stories and leave our guests with, or our listeners with some, you know, little tidbits they can take with them and, and actually put into practice right away. Mm -hmm. What I'm wondering from you is what would you say is like the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Okay, yeah, that's going to be hard to summarize, <laughs> but I'll try. Okay. Um, I will basically encapsulate the advice that I got that I thought that worked so well, which was number one, have a dream or a vision, like dare, just dare to even have a dream or a vision about what you want, because that's the first step of getting in touch with your heart, which gives you the shot at making it better from a from the heart, right? If you're trying to make it better from telling someone how they did something wrong or correcting someone or being a moral bully, you know, you don't expect a great result. So the dream is really important. Then busting your own excuses was the next such important thing. Because if the, again, if the coach hadn't said to me, Lori, it's BS. It's not, he, it's not because he's a jock. Like that's, you, that's, you're not going to get away with that answer for uh -huh. why you don't have intimacy in your life. There's jocks that have intimacy. 
Um, you know, and plus, you know, he's not like playing three sports right now. <laughs> like, right. It was like so eye opening. Um, so in the absence of being able to use an excuse, I, I had to see that there was a truth that I needed to learn yep. or tell. Um, and then the third step, I think, was being honest and telling the truth, right? Like facing the fact, asking the question, having the conversation. Um, and then in the light of and then in the light of it or in the wake of the conversation, promising something in action. So it goes from heart to head to body, promising something in action. What am I going to do to make it different? What's my consequence going to be my immediate annoying consequence? Not the terrible, tragic consequence of a divorce, but like the immediate annoying consequence of having to do one of your chores. That's that works, right? Because now all of a sudden I'm going to be smart because I don't, I am selfish. And I don't like doing chores. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to do a chore. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. It used to be when we would talk about money, I would literally put tape on my mouth because I knew I had a problem. <laughs> I knew I was going to want to interrupt because I would get nervous or I would, you know, wanted to move faster or whatever it was. And, but I was not committed to that. I was way more committed to actually hearing what the man had to say, even if at the end I disagreed, which mm-hmm. I rarely do, ironically. But, but you know, so I could become so much better at doing what I wish I would do if I had that annoying immediate consequence hanging over my head versus the real one. And so promises and consequences sealed the deal. Because if it had just been that banner moment of revelation and, you know, oh, we get it, but I had not followed up with action, it would have all been bullshit. BS. It would have all been BS. You can say that. Sorry. I don't, I'm not sure your standards. No, nope, we're beeping all good. Standards. Okay, it would have been bullshit. <laughs> and so, you know, um, that would could, would almost been worse, right, to have said all that and, and relieved him and then gone back on it. Yeah. No, this is I, – I love that. I love yeah. every step in that. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that – Again, when we think about it, if we took that all at once, we're like, that's too much. That's overwhelming. I do none of that. (laughs) Right, right. Where to begin? Yeah, but that's why it's like, well, get clear on what your vision is. Let's start there. Exactly. If you don't know what it is, you won't know when you're losing it. Exactly. And of course, at Handel Group, we have tons of free resources for people. You know, we have free downloads of you know, how to have a difficult conversation of how to analyze your life of, you know, and our book is very, you know, I mean, there's many inexpensive and free ways to begin to think about these things. Fantastic. So you mentioned the book and what was the name of it again? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. That's right. Lauren Handel Zander. Nice. So outside of that book, What's another book or resource that you personally have found was was really helpful? You know, that is truly my favorite. Every other book I know of, it just has so many caveats, it's not worth mentioning. Let me just think if I have any exceptions to that rule. No. All my book recommendations are quite outdated. I'm sorry. Maybe it's you. It's current. And it really covers everything. (laughs) It covers everything I want to teach people and want people to know. Okay, Sorry. Well, there you go. I really, I really like fiction. I love Elizabeth Gilbert. I think she's amazing, but but that's not a uh, necessarily going to help you in your. Uh, well, I don't know. I think Dr. Seuss is a huge search. help. Oh my God, Dr. Seuss is awesome. I love Dr. Seuss. Yeah. So I mean, there there are there's other places. It doesn't have to be a, a it's true. self help. I'm. It's true. I'm not. I truly am not 
in, I, I live in this method most of my days mm-hmm. and I do not read self-help yeah. on, in my free time. Yeah. So I can't really give you a good, is there a, a good non, recommendation. Is there like a fiction book or something that you're like, that was cool. The stories in that are awesome. Oh my God. Why is this such a hard question? The Glass Castle was beautiful. Ah. I read it because my kids were reading it in, in high school. And, yeah, I mean, there's so many beautiful books in this yeah. world. So many beautiful books. Awesome. Well, Laura, you mentioned, uh, you know, the resources available with, with, with your group. Can you do me a favor? Just let our listeners know how do they contact you? How do they learn more about this work? Yeah. Handelgroup.com is the most obvious, easy way, H-A-N-D-E-L. Um, if you put up links, you, you'll please put up a link to one of our free downloads, either the Difficult Conversations one or the one where you can assess your life, which is always very fun. Um, maybe it's you as the book available on Amazon or anywhere books are sold, very inexpensive. And we give free consultations, too. If people are, are curious about coaching, just hop on our website and we can book you for a 30-minute conversation about your needs and what we do. And we have digital coaching we have live phone coaching we have couples retreats we have lots of different things so each person should get their own you know personal rundown on that if it's appropriate fantastic fantastic and for everybody listening who was like that was way too fast uh don't worry <laughs> all you got to do is go to the speaking of partnership website type in Lori's name and you'll see her show page and at the bottom will be all these links that she was just talking about be super easy. Don't worry about catching up on listening to this six times so you can write everything down. Just go there. It's easy. Um, but Laurie, I mean, this this has been fantastic. I, I love your stories, your insights. So clear. Super, super helpful. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.